Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of All The Footballs. I am Charlie Ansell and this is the only podcast that covers every single footballing code, professional, amateur or traditional, the world over. Around the world, from Melbourne to Vancouver, the question on everyone's lips, holding an oval or a round-shaped ball, is who is the best footballer of 2021? Well, that is what this show will determine. Let's get going and then crown the all the footballs footballer of the year 2021. The format is the same as last year's award, which was won fairly convincingly by Tom Brady. We will go through the 12 nominees, which our excellent panellists have helped us choose. Then we'll discuss each one before revealing the way the panellists have voted. To end with crowning the year's best footballer across all codes, genders and geographic divides. Henry Mags, hello. Hello Charlie, how are you doing? Good, good, thank you. And Dan Langan is with me as well. Hello. So let's get started. I will read the nominees very quickly, explaining just basically a little bit of detail about them and then we can crack on from there. So first nominee is Brianna Davy, Collingwood Football Club, Australian Rules Football. Antoine Dupont, Toulouse and France, Rugby Union. Will Jordan, Crusaders in New Zealand, Rugby Union. Simon Kerr, AC Milan and Denmark Association Football. Max Gorn, Australian Rules Football, plays for Melbourne Football Club. Kieran McGeary, Pomeroy and Tyrone, Gaelic Football. Evan McPherson, Cincinnati Bengals, American Football. Vivian Miedemar, Arsenal and Netherlands, Association Football, Alexander Mitrovic, Fulham, Serbia, Association Football, Mohamed Salah, Liverpool, Egypt, Association Football, Emily Scarrett, Loughborough Lightning and England, Rugby Union, and Tom Trebojevic, Manly Seagulls and New South Wales, Rugby League. So, kicking off, any thoughts first off, Henry, of, or anyone you think might have uh, unfairly missed out this year? Hard to say, really. I guess you can also have a shout from Lukaku for like, you know, his form last year from Milan. Yeah, and in, in terms of association football, I guess, you know, also you look at the Euros, you've got players like, um, I guess, Harry Kane was top scorer, wasn't he? And he had a great season. There's plenty of people who could have got on there, I guess, but uh, I guess, uh, you know, you can't have everyone from association football, can you? But Magsy, if you'd have the last four months in, maybe you wouldn't be picking Simon Kerr, you'd be picking Christian Eriksen. Go straight to source. Good contender for uh, the football of the year for 2022, to be honest with you. <laughs> what, when yeah. Denmark win the World Cup? Well, who knows? It could happen. You know, that would complete the fairy tale story, wouldn't it? So, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, two thoughts from me. One is that I'm a bit disappointed I'm the only one who seems to watch the NFL. Um, I think there were some great other great stories out there this year with Joe Burrow and Aaron Donald. And also, we've, we're missing out the best name in all the footballs in Cooper Cup, who was the, <laughs> the Super Bowl MVP. So I'm disappointed he's not on the list. Uh, and the, the secondly, I wasn't sure if actually we included coaches in this or not. Because um, I was, it was only because I was listening to a podcast this morning about Eddie Howe. And how he's going to, yeah, actually, since he's taken over, Newcastle, I think, would be fifth in fifth spot. And is that something we consider, Charlie, or is it actually just players? Just players. Wondering if we, we also need to expand this for coach of the year in a future. We, we can do that in our end of the year show this year. 
but no. Um, this... Sorry, Charlie, I know if it's not on your agenda, then it's not on the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to run through the nominees. Um, it's alphabetical, so I will kick off because I have chosen Brianna Davy of Collingwood in the AFLW. Uh, she won the best and fairest for that league in the season 2021, basically in a side that finished third and got knocked out at the prelims. And she scored six goals from defence. She also had a staggering 262 disposals in 11 games and tied for the best and fairest award with Kiara Bowers of Fremantle. The key thing with her, though, like any of my picks for this award, there's an all-the-footballs element, and Davy has 17 caps for the Matildas, the Australian Women's Association football team, as goalkeeper, which she won in the four years before she turned pro uh, in AFLW in 2017. Dan, would uh, a player like that get your vote? Probably not. <laughs> Care to elaborate? <laughs> I don't know. I think the the last two minutes is the first time I've ever heard of them. Oh, I feel yeah. like I've been uh, hung out to dry there yeah, yet yeah. again. <laughs> so show resident, self-proclaimed Earl of East Prawl, John Tucker, has begrudgingly selected Antoine Dupont of Toulouse and France in Rugby Union as his Footballer of the Year choice this time around. Right then, my nomination for the ATF FOTY2021 is Antoine Dupont. Yeah, not happy about it. <laughs> anyway, he had an outstanding Six Nations, practically man of the match in every single game and was almost nailed on for World Player of the Year by that point which is crazy when you think when it finishes. He went on to win the European and domestic double with Toulouse, and on the pitch, he was really was on another level. His creativity has given France so much impetus in attack, and unusually for a nine, he's not afraid to put a shift in, in defence or get over the ball too, which uh, I did appreciate. With all this, he was instrumental to France becoming possibly the most feared team in world rugby. They absolutely smashed the All Blacks in the autumn and no one wants to see them come to the World Cup. With 15 years playing in the back row myself, it really pains me to be nominating a scrum half. But throughout 2021, every game you'd be thinking, my God, he's good. So Henry, Antoine Dupont, contender? Yeah, I think so. He's obviously an incredible player at the top of his game at the moment, and yeah, he's kind of dominating in European rugby. Um, so yeah, I think he's a fair shout, absolutely. Well, but he's French though, isn't he? So it's a non from me. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, Cousy the Podcast, Hayden Lawrence believes that an all-black deserves to win the award in 2021, despite the fact that they got beaten by everyone. He has gone for Will Jordan of the Crusaders. So Henry, your nominee, please. Oh uh, yeah, Charlie, I've gone for, for Simon Kier, the, uh, the Denmark captain from the the Euros, uh, Euro 2020. Um, so just to give a bit of background for people who don't know the situation, um, in on the second day of the tournament, uh, Christian Eriksen collapsed on the pitch with a cardiac arrest, um, and Simon, uh, Simon Kier was the, you know, the, the player who kind of went over to him, put him into the recovery position, um, started off CPR, made sure that you know he was secure before the medics could come on the pitch. You know, when the medics were there, he got his team to kind of 
screen off Ericsson and the, and the medics working uh, to give them a bit of privacy um, so you can get treatment. So, you know, that, I mean, that in itself is just an incredible thing, just that kind of, you know, calmness under pressure, that speed of thought. Um, I mean, also the, the Denmark team kind of made it to the semis uh, of the Euros as well, which is pretty incredible when when their players had, you know, nearly died on the pitch. Um, and also, yeah, Ericsson is, you know, their, their main kind of creative player. So, you know, they, they managed to rally and, and make their way to the semis where they lost to England. Um, but I guess the main reason why I picked uh, Kier is because, you, know, I, I, you know, sport isn't just about who won what trophy and how many kind of goals or tries or points you score. It's fundamentally a team, well, in ball sports anyway, are fundamentally teams, team games, aren't they? And if you've got a, you know, a guy like Simon Kier in the team, then, you know, I, I think that says a lot, really, doesn't it? Brilliant. Dan? Well, I, I'd love to have him in the trenches with me, and it's a great story, but it's not... It's not quite that. Actually, for me, winning is about all the footballs or something funny. Um, so I don't think it that that story told either of those. So he won't be getting my vote. I'd, I'd rather give it to Mitro. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we'll get onto that one later on, Dan. <laughs> so our so our South Australian greenkeeping buddy, West Ham fan, and Geelong Cats lifelong tragic. Kurt Teeley has gone with Max Gorn of Premiership winning Melbourne FC in the AFL as his Footballer of the Year. Thanks team. Kurt Teeley here from Hawke's Bay, New Zealand. My vote for Footballer of the Year 2021 is Max Gorn from the Melbourne Demons playing Aussie Rules footy or AFL. Max is a 208cm big man slash ruckman who was captain of the Melbourne Demons led his team with a follow-me type attitude. Along the way, they broke the longest premiership drought in AFL history of 57 years. Max is the most active big man in the league. He doesn't mind a bit of dirty work, loves getting on the bottom of a pack and going hard for his teammates. Also believe he wouldn't look out of place on a rugby field. He's a scary looking guy and he also wouldn't look out of place on the set of Vikings. Well, thanks, guys. Back to you in the studio. Cheers. Henry, any thoughts? All I got from the clips you sent, uh, Charlie, was that he's, he's incredibly tall. <laughs> I think that's all. Basically, just out-jump everyone and just catch everything. I think that's all there is to say. It's him and Mason Cox. Yeah. Okay. That does sound like Australian rugby of some description. <laughs> Someone really tall with a moustache jumping higher than somebody else. I think he's got a beard rather than a moustache, but you're, you're, you're nearly there. The kind Ross trainer from the excellent Paylador podcast has selected Kieran McGeary of Tyrone in Gaelic football as his nominee for Footballer of the Year. Nomination for Footballer of the Year in the GAA is Kieran McGeary of Tyrone. Kieran was part of a successful Tyrone team that won the All Ireland for the first time since 2008. Um, he had a number of standout performances throughout the campaign. He is versatile, he's tough, he's robust, he has bags and bags of skill. Um, the Tyrone team itself was very much a team made up of a very cohesive and collective unit. Uh, and Kieran McGee was an integral part of that. Um, very much a team winning performance throughout the campaign. Uh, but Kieran McGee, Kieran McGeary gets the nod for his uh, performances within the team performance, which overall led to All-Ireland glory for the first time since 2008. So, Dan, 
Any thoughts on Kieran McGeary? No. <laughs> right, Henry saved me. Is, is, uh, what are your thoughts on him? Well, I think McGeary is a very skillful player. He's the sort of lad that um, he, he's nimble. He's got a good sidestep on him. He, he's good positional. He, he's the sort of lad that if he'd grown up playing a bit more uh, association football, could could have made it, you know, to to a decent level. I think he's he's not necessarily kind of a rugby build, but you never know. There's a lot of kind of Ireland has a lot of these players who who play rugby association football, Gaelic football, they sort of produce them. I mean, McGeary looks good, so I, I think he's a good shout for Football of the Year. Um, it is his kind of... Tyrone have kind of slightly come from nowhere. The Dublin side that were crushing everyone for a decade finally got their bubble burst. You know, they got they got PSG'd, essentially, um, to Lille last year. And, and, and Is that a verb now? Yeah, PSG'd. <laughs> And, and and that's essentially what what Tyrone did. Tyrone and Mayo, you know, just had a great campaign. And I'd love to see them do it again, but I kind of think he they might not. So because Kerry and and Dublin are the sides to beat. So I've got a feeling this this was his chance. And if he's going to get anywhere, twenty twenty one was his year. So deluded, Mister Dan Langan here has ended up choosing an NFL player. For Football of the Year, again, Dan, explain. Well, somebody has to, um, as I'm the only one who watches it. But anyway, I've watched this story evolve this year, and I've just thought it's the most all-the-football thing possible uh, for two reasons, really. One, kicking is probably the purest and transferable across all the the footballs we've got. Um, Harry Kane, for example, frequently has talked about going to the NFL to be a kicker. We've had various rugby players have transitioned to play for NFL teams. So I think most famously, Gavin Hastings. I mean, Charlie will probably have some more examples. So it's kind of the purest transferable skill. So it's very all the footballs of kicking a ball through some posts is absolutely where we come from. Uh, but the second point, Charlie, you wanted to butt in there. And, and AFL players going off to punt as well. They've been very good at that, haven't they? Yeah. So and and secondly, it was the the narrative of the year has been one extraordinarily on his progression and two on changing the perception of the role. Um, so when McPherson came into the draft, uh, the Bengals took him in the fifth round, which is absolutely unheard of. Most of the time, they I mean they were derided for this. It was seen as an absolute joke to take a kicker in in the draft at all, let alone in the fifth round. And the the normal idea is that you take a pick if you're if you're taking a kicker in the draft you're taking a pick for somebody else because inevitably it takes them two or three years or two or three teams before they become the kicker that they is actually successful because it's quite a pressure and clutch position Uh, but McPherson came straight out of college with an incredible record I don't know I'm not in a college NFL so I can't give you the numbers but basically this guy didn't miss a kick in college football got taken fifth in the draft was seen as a bit of a joke pick but the Bengals obviously absolutely nailed it and made it all the way to the Super Bowl. And his kind of charge through having an incredible um, season anyway, but it's when the postseason came, he really came into his own and, and scored a number of clutch kicks that you can see online if you want to. Um, and he really changed the what people thought about a kicker because he was not only... I think he scored the most kicks from over 50 yards. He, sc- he scored the... Uh, the winners in both the knockout games in in the playoffs, 
And amazingly, uh, going into the Super Bowl with one of the bookies, he was the fifth best odds to get the MVP in, in the Super Bowl, which is absolutely madness uh, for a kicker. Um, and I don't think that's ever happened before. So I think if, he, if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl and McPherson had uh, drilled a kick over to win yet another knockout game, I think he would be the best choice. I don't think he's going to be a popular one, but I think the, the all the football story there is absolutely spot on for what we do. Henry? No, I, I, I think it sounds like a good candidate. So I didn't really know the backstory. I just saw the guy kicking off the field goals. And for, well, as, as you quite rightly said, it's, it's something which a lot of people who play different live versions of football can do. Yeah, and I think one thing I didn't mention was kind of the clutch that he was doing this under. He, he yeah. didn't miss a pressure match-winning kick, and this is a rookie. So it was kind of a bit of a game, uh, a role-changing season for someone. So I think it is, and I, d- I don't think any of the other players on the list have kind of redefined their position. Uh, I mean, I actually maybe DuPont to some extent, but then French scrum halves have always been more valued and involved than they are in this country, for example. But, and, I, and I don't know the rest of the stories to know if I'm wrong with that statement and Charlie probably will correct me but I, I think this is definitely one where he's changed perception of what a kicker can be and what they can achieve and, and being a you know, a story because mo- most of the time the kickers are only a story if they miss but this guy was a story because yeah. he was hitting his the clutch kicks uh, and I think you said it perfectly there Dan that, that is a good nominee and I'm sure we'll garner a lot of votes in our ballot um, well, I mean, I wish they'd have all heard that amazing speech. So, yeah. <laughs> ATF's tame journalist Michael McCann has chosen tame, tame or trained <laughs> tame <laughs> journalist Michael McCann has chosen Vivian Miedemar as his choice. In 2021, Viviana Miedemar made history for the most goals scored at a single Olympic Games, ten in just four matches for the Flying Dutch woman. It's no one off though helping Miedemar close in on a century for the national team already. Not bad for a 25-year-old. Speaking of centuries, last year also saw Miedemar reach that goal milestone for Arsenal in her 110th game. Ridiculous. Miedemar's known for her low-key goal celebrations, but it's not out of arrogance, quite the opposite. She's a humble heroine who ironically hates being the centre of attention. Even when commentating on Miedemar, with the ball outside of the opposition box and on her supposedly weaker left foot, there was a sense of inevitability reflected in how I described the moment. Inside for Miedemar. Miedemar might shoot. Miedemar does shoot. And when Miedemar shoots, you know how that story ends, folks. Top players just don't have a weaker foot. Miedemar does so much more than score goals, though. She actually prefers assisting producing one from her own half so iconic that her Arsenal boss Jonas Eideval rightly suggested it should be hung in the Louvre. Miedemar's equally world-class as both a number 9 or 10, truly unique, a 9.5 if you will. Off the pitch she's a relatable and reluctant star, learning in the spotlight how to cope with the fame her footballing talents have brought. Miedemar uses her platform emphatically for good to create change, amongst other things doing various charitable works, openly discussing mental health, the value of a psychologist, and, in her words, needing to get rid of the idea you shouldn't show weaknesses. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Amen to that. 
Miedemar also regularly appears on the We Play Strong YouTube channel as the reluctant partner in crime alongside her more extroverted other half Lisa Evans, embracing being an active role model for the LGBTQ community. As a member of that community myself, I know from direct experience how awesome seeing such unashamed and proud visibility in elite level sport is. It's arguably even more inspiring than anything she does on the pitch. A leader by example then, both on and off the field. My nomination for the All the Football's 2021 Baller of the Year is a certain Viviana Margareta, Marina Astrid Miedemar. Henry, thoughts on Miedemar? Yeah, I think a, a fair shout. She's obviously an incredibly consistent goal scorer, like plenty of goals for the, the Dutch national team. So, yeah, I think good shout. Arsenal, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we need from you, Dan. <laughs> Next, Joe Watkins, who will be joining us on Series 2 of the pod, has chosen Alexander Mitrovic of Fulham and Serbia in association football as his pick for our Wii Award. Now, he hasn't recorded us any audio, so I'm going to get Dan to talk about why Mitrovic should be winning this award. I'm not a good person to ask because last fantasy season I went full in on the Mitrovic in the Prem bandwagon and I was incredibly burned and I've seen him smash in 40 goals uh, full of brutality over the last year and I'm I'm pretty sure that come August I will Mitrovic will probably be about 6.5 million pounds in the fantasy of football and I will get him back in my team and we will watch him sink like a stone again uh, I think Mitro is a flat track bully who is at his level in the championship and will probably be awful in the Premier League next year, but I will be straight back um, because, I don't know, there's just something about him, isn't he? He's a pure striker, there's not many left, and if I do have him in my fantasy team and he knocks in 15 goals next year, I'd be absolutely loving it like Kevin Keegan. <laughs> but anyway, did anyone watch much? I mean, I've only basically seen like the YouTube highlights of it coming off his backside and him brutalising yeah. people so I mean what, what do you Magsy you probably are going to give a much better more nuanced thoughtful analysis of Mitro well my thoughts is he got relegated last season with Fulham so if we're talking about 2021 and he didn't have a great 2021 yeah he scored loads of goals now but you know Ivan Tony scored like 35 goals in the championship last season and we're not we're not you know shouting for him to be footballer of the year are we so no. I don't know it, it, it just seems like you've got a player who scored a few goals at, at like you know at not the elite level and yeah fair enough he's done alright with Serbia as well but... I mean do, do you think he's slightly trolling us with this selection I think so I don't think it's a particularly serious uh, serious choice I'll be honest <laughs> which kind of very neatly segs into our 10th choice did you just say segs yeah Fuck off. <laughs> Into our 10th choice was Annie Gilbert has chosen. All too predictably, someone has gone for Mo Salah um, for Football of the Year. Again, unfortunately, no audio on this one. But, Henry, your chance to tell us why or not Mo Salah should win this award. Okay, you put me on the spot a bit, Charlie, so I've got, got no preparation on this. But and what I would Mate, say you've got to is... live on the spot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Salah, like, he's, he's been one of the exceptional forwards in the Premier League for a few years now. I think um, towards the end of last year, he was probably like pushing being the best player in the world. 
uh, in terms of association football. So I guess there is that. But, I mean, over the course of 12 months, I don't think he was at that level, really. So it's, it's a bit of a tricky one. I, I, I think he's, he was, for about three or four months, absolutely, he was, he was, he was up there. But I'm not sure if I would pick him in, in terms of association football. I wouldn't, I'm not sure if I'd have him as the best player in, that, in association football, let alone in all the footballs. I think Salah is incredible, but I th- to some extent the... The interchangeable parts that Liverpool are now using with Mane, Jota and now Diaz coming in, you almost feel like, is he a product of the system? That, I mean, clearly he's an elite player and he's in the, you know, the top, top 10 in the world, but is it the Liverpool actually collective front three, which is the, the real um, match winner there? Um, I think Salah had, would have to do something a bit more than what he's done. In the yeah, I mean it's been a great body of work, hasn't it, over the last few years for Salah? But I don't think this has been the standout year I'd go for. I, I, I think I'd disagree a little bit, Danks. I think at the tail end of last year he was just unplayable at times. Like literally, he was just being players for fun, um, and he could kind of do it by himself. But I, don't, I think if, you, if you're going to be like a kind of player of the year, it's got to be a consistent thing. And I think that was like a few months rather than a year. True. I, I, yes, I, I agree with you that he, he did have that incredible purple patch where people were saying he's now... I guess he was filling the void between Messi and Ronaldo clearly are dying out. And you've got Mbappe and Haaland are the next guys. But it was a question, was, kind of, was Salah now filling the void of the best player in the world um, I don't know yeah as you say living on the spot again maybe I need to re- remind myself of how good he was for that period but ultimately he didn't win anything did he? Um, no he did, yeah, he, he, yeah he didn't win the AFCON did he? he lost the final no and, and yeah and, then, and that was obviously his colleague Mane got his win there and I think Absolutely. he's for, I don't know. I, I guess for, it always seems to me that Mane's under the radar on getting the credit that Salah does. But then, if you, again, again, if I grow back to my love of fantasy football, Salah's absolutely bossed it this season, and you captain him every single week. So if I guess so, I go back to my mindset in November, the armband was on Salah for good reason because he was the man. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to pick out a football. I mean, I guess if Charlie would let us uh, briefly enjoy this was there anybody else in the football world I think you did mention that um, I'm, I'm trying to think who could have, who won what last year I guess yeah it's difficult I don't think there's any out like but Lewandowski would have been my choice I mean, I, I, I mean with a World Cup but, coming up we yeah. definitely got a yeah we got exactly that's something that's going to crown it for, for a player isn't it and, and, and like if you win the World Cup in December then you're going to be like a good shout for football of the year, yeah right? and, and say and if Liverpool win or Whoever wins the league and Champions League out of Liverpool and Man City, we're definitely going to have a. If they if one of those teams do both, and then they go on to have a good World Cup, if then you know obviously Salah's not going to be there, but we then we might get our association football player into the uh, football of the year. But Foden. I'm sure I'm sure Charlie will torpedo it. So. <laughs> Foden. Saying Dan is if we're going to have like uh, Carl Walker as uh, football of the year. If England win the World Cup, then. The whole list is England, the, the 11 that play in the World <laughs> Cup final. And the Aussie rules footballer. Oh, yeah, a, to- a token. 
Brilliant. Thanks, lads. Um, next up, Emily Scarrett has been selected by Jasmine and Hannah, our women's rugby union experts, and they think she deserves to be Footballer of the Year. Our nominee for the winner is Emily Scarrett. She has been a key player internationally for the last 10 years. She has 100 caps for England. She captained the Team GB Rugby Sevens in the Rio Olympics. She's a nine-time Six Nations champion, with six of them being Grand Slams. She is best known as the player who secured England's 2014 Women's World Cup triumph with six minutes left of the game. She broke her leg last September and is already back to being a regular starter and captain for the upcoming Six Nations Grand Slam decider against Italy. It is well recognised that she does more than just play rugby, receiving an MBE for her services to rugby. And finally, one of the men behind the fantastic Chasing Kangaroos podcast, Michael Carboni, has decided that Turbo Tom Trebojevic of Manly Sea Eagles and New South Wales in Rugby League is Football of the Year 2021. So, so I'm going to say something about Trebojevic, which is, I think he has... We're talking about players who've sort of slightly redefined roles. And I think Trebojevic is on the way to redefining how they think of the fullback in in rugby league because because you've got some pretty good fullbacks in the NRL you've got people like James Tedesco you've got um, you've had Billy Slater for a number of the years who, who've been brilliant at cutting in the line or, or breaking the line um, Tedesco does a lot of running from from midfield and his threat's kind of there Billy Slater was kind of in the red zone you don't want an overlap because he is he is getting that. Even Latrell Mitchell can just break a tackle, do that, and, and tends to be that the the sort of standout players in the NRL for the last ten years have been fullbacks. They've been the guys who who have been the real kind of you know icing on the cake. You know, Munster started as that. He was nominee for Football of the Year last year. You've had Lockyer start there before in the past. You've had lots of players like that. The thing about Trevojevic is different. Is he's a threat everywhere. Absolutely everywhere on the pitch. And he is brilliant in broken play. He is fantastic in a system. And he's just got that kind of... He's got a build. He's big lad. He's quick, he's an absolute specimen, but also he's clever. And that's why, as you know, I like someone who could do well at all the footballs. I think Turbo, Tommy, is a guy that definitely could do well in Aussie rules, would do very well at Rugby Union. Wouldn't, if he'd grown up in America, he'd definitely be a a running back. And I think he's kind of your guy. Henry, any any opinion on Tommy or? Uh... Uh, I mean, from what you described, Charlie, he sounds like a very good player. But <laughs> I'll, I'll be totally honest with you; I've, I've not really seen much of him play, so not a huge opinion over here. Right, Dan. Anything funny to say about rugby league players? No, actually, genuine question. Do you think the is the fullback position because those defences in rugby league? You know, I do know a bit about rugby league and. They're incredibly well organised defences. Is fullback basically the only spot where you can have a bit of freedom? Dan, that is a really good point. That's a really good question. I, I think you're right. I think rugby league defences are so well drilled, and you look about the amount of rugby league coaches who have been employed in rugby union of defence coaches. There, there's obviously something in that. Um, well, un- undoubtedly something in that. 
I I think Trebojevic and and the other fullbacks like that who are generally good, yes. And you look at Sam Tompkins, man of steel for uh, 2021 for the Super League as well, a fullback, a guy who can um, break the line and can cut the fences open. They are, because they're the guy coming who doesn't have a set spot, they are the the dark horse, the joker. And I think I think that is definitely a good point, Dan. But how far ahead of his peers do you think he is, Dan? The ima- it's clearly like that that's the... It's a bit like quarterbacks, say, in the NFL, where there's there's a whole load of you know, elites. And uh, you know, it's five, there's five elite players who are pretty much interchangeable of quality and have... You know, arguably are the best. Uh, is you know, does he have co- a comparable? I think I, I think the the problem, and so to to sort of talk myself out of this, this is for state of origin. And if you think ahead to Australia, the World Cup this summer, sorry, this this coming autumn, he might end up playing at centre, and that's because you have so in that state of origin side for New South Wales, they had. Tedesco playing fullback, Trebojevic playing centre, and Latrell Mitchell, who's another guy who wants to be a fullback, playing at set or does for his club side playing at centre. So, so he he's versatile, but some might argue he's not the best fullback. Um, but I would say he's definitely a good fullback, and he's probably one of the better players. And rugby league, they. They slot in your good players anywhere. Like it's it's less traditionally focused. Um, well, I mean, I struggle to see someone who's not best in class can be all the football's champion, mate. Well, that, that that's a good point. But I think I think he will. Maybe maybe not for this year, but I think he will become the standout fullback for the next ten years. It's just you've got a guy like Tedesco who's got ten years reputation, and it's knocking that down whilst. Whilst also lighting the thing up. I mean, Trebovic lit the series up. No. Hey, my boy was a rookie, mate. Experience doesn't count for anything. <laughs> and that is a good way, I think, to draw the nominations to a close. Um, I think we've all had a good uh, look at them all. For, from that, apart from your own, Dan, who would you just name one name and think, who do you think is going to win it? Mitro. And Hen- <laughs> and Henry. Oh God, I hope it's not Mitro. Um, I imagine it's probably like the pond would be my guess. Brilliant. Right. Well, let's find out who our panelists have chosen. So we invited all our panelists to rate their selections, bar their own, and give us their gold, silver, and bronze medal winners from the list. One point for bronze, two for silver, and three for gold. The player with the most points in total after all 12 panellists have voted will be crowned Footballer of the Year. So firstly, I'm going to ask the two panellists we've got here for their choices. Henry, who are your gold, silver and bronze, please? Right, so I went for Medima Foot because like, her goal scoring record last year for both um, Arsenal and Netherlands was just ludicrous. Um, second, I went for Dupont, and third, I went for Scarrett. Excellent, that's a good selection. I went for Trebojevic, as I've just sort of shown, as uh, my three-pointer. Scarrett for my two, and Miedemar for my one. Drum roll, please. 
Dan Langan, who are you going to choose? Because I believe you are as yet undecided. Struggling. Um, as, as we all know on this podcast, that the egg-shaped ball, other than Bristol Bears, isn't my strong point. But I will go... Annoyingly, Dupont is a game-changer, and it's, it's pretty strange to have a French scrum half become a household name. Um, as he's done um, I'm actually going to go with Trebojevic I quite, I, I did think considering it wasn't Charlie's vote the speech was was strong live and did sound like an all the football's multi-talented athlete who could slot in and play you know play centre in pretty much any t- egg-shaped ball going and we could probably if we had enough time we could train up for the NFL as well and then finally it's going to have to be Mitro in bronze place (laughs) I'll see you in my fantasy team in August son (laughs) brilliant so the votes are in and in 12th place as alluded to with zero votes from our panellists Will Jordan of the Crusaders and the All Blacks so Last place, sorry to you, Will. Um, in 11th place, Brianna Davey of Collingwood in Aussie Rules Football. She got one vote. Two votes went to Kieran McGeary, Tyrone and uh, Gaelic football player. Three votes, Max Gorn. Uh, he finished ninth, Melbourne Football Club, Aussie Rules footballer. Mo Salah, association footballer, who everyone seems to know. Here, he got four votes was eighth emily scarrett five votes in seventh the rugby union player dan yours evan mcpherson was sixth with six votes lovely uh mitrovic fifth with seven and then a tied third tom draboyevic and simon care on eight which leaves miedemar and dupont so, because it comes down to those two, and to get all X Factor, pick a horse. Dan, Dupont or Miedemar? I mean, this is the definition of a rock and a hard place between a Frenchman and an Arsenal player. <laughs> I mean, I, I frankly don't care. <laughs> but not Simon, Simon Care. <laughs> Henry? Well, I'm for Miedemar when I voted up for her number one, so I'll go with that then, three Dupont. So... In second place, with 10 points, is Vivian Miedemar. So our All the Footballs Footballer of the Year 2021 with 13 votes, so won it by three clear votes, was Antoine Dupont of Toulouse and France in Rugby Union. Well done, Antoine Dupont. Dan? says nothing. Henry? Yeah, I think a a worthy winner. Uh, I think fair enough. So there we have it. Dan Langan might not be pleased, but Antoine Dupont is our Footballer of the Year 2021. I I did vote for him to win. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't look very pleased. Well, how can I be? (laughs) I mean, even... John, who nominated him, wasn't pleased about it, so John's not going to be pleased about this. Sometimes we have to put our own personal preferences behind the needs of the all the footballs podcast that that is true that is very true Dan well well thank you very 
much chaps for your time so there we have it Antoine Dupont has been voted Footballer of the Year across all footballing codes the world over for 2021. Thank you for joining us for this special show and a big thank you to all our excellent panellists. Special mentions to our Antipodean friends Kurt and Hayden for dealing with my requests in the middle of the night. Carbs from my crutch podcast of 2021, Chasing Kangaroos. And thanks Hannah, Jazz, Gilbs and Annie for saving me last minute. And many thanks to Ross Trainer from the Pelidor podcast. Do check it out for GA Football Chat. But for now, take care and stay well. It's a bye from me, a bye from Dan. Goodbye. And a bye from Henry. <laughs>